we're recording now. <laughs> Fair enough. Welcome, welcome to our super secret um, ghost stories episode. Ghost! Exclamation mark. Ghost! Oh, that's Personal the book. accounts of modern Mississippi hauntings. So this, this is what it's like in the sip. This is the sip. This, this is, is the sip. sip. it up. Proper podcasting. No. Yeah. No. I swear to God we aren't drunk right now. <laughs> I swear to every God imaginable. We're not. We're just like this constantly. This is just how we are. <sighs> it would just be like that sometimes, I suppose. It happens. I'm just it happens. Celery. I met my soulmate at Whole Foods. I met my soulmate. You you were buying celery. You were buying rosé. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't have thoughts. I have feelings. Truth. Oh my god! I saw your foot. It scared me to death. It's because you're scared of the ghost. You scared of the ghost? But the ghost is a ghost foot. So we will be reading. That foot hasn't been alive for thirty years. (laughs) We will be reading. Personal Accounts of Modern Mississippi Hauntings by Sylvia Booth Hubbard. Mm. On the back Hubbard. it says, do you believe in ghosts? Do you well, believe? Yes, you believe in love if you listen ghosts. to this podcast, you better believe in ghosts. You better. You we're going to find, if you don't, we're going to find gonna you. We're going to find some ghosts. You better oh. watch it. We're, we're going to find some ghosts. real ghosts. <clears throat> we are the ghosts. <clears throat> oh, God. <laughs> Get off of me. I will be reading. A personal account titled Hattiesburg Haunted. <laughs> Will you be reading it? <laughs> haunted. Haunted. Stu- haunted studio. <laughs> haunted. Studio. Haunted studios in your area. This sounds like a good single Scooby haunted studio. Scooby Dooby Doo. Where are you? <laughs> That's all we got. <laughs> That's right. it. Where are you, Scooby Doo? That's it. All right, here we go. Are you ready, children? Mm hmm. The idea of ghosts grew out of my own experiences with the supernatural. Like many Mississippians, I've always been interested in ghost stories. Hair-raising tales of hauntings were a staple of spend-the-night parties with friends. And Like right now, like right when now. you're listening to this podcast at your local sleepover. What? And of overnight visits with cousins. <laughs> As you do. Sorry. As one does. <laughs> You have to just slam my hands in your stupid bed. <laughs> I'm Good. sorry, guys. Why are we apologizing? Can we this cut this out? Good. No, this is all in. <laughs> this is all good. Content. All right, Slam listen here, listen here. Mm-hmm. But the scary idea that ghosts might actually exist was mostly left to memories of childhood until 1975. Dun, dun, dun. In that year, my husband Bob and I bought a house on the outskirts of Hattiesburg. Bob. We had searched for the ideal place for quite some time with no results because our requirements were so specific. Bob had started a photo- photographic business. Why would you call Why it did a she photography business? Photographic business. Mm-hmm. But since he was still teaching at a junior college, I was the one who ran the studio on weekdays. We had begun a family and didn't want to have to take the children to daycare centers. Is the Jones only the community college up there? Down there? It's not up. Or Pearl River. Dep- all right listen here <laughs> listen here the home and studio for a few years oh i skipped a line you, you did the only solution was listen. a house large enough to combine our home and studio for a few years a ghost in italics ghost. was not among the requirements oh i need to sit up <laughs> why did you th- why oh did- my god i said this already why why wasn't a ghost in your in the requirements i know 
Come on, lady. Come on, Sylvia. Get it together. Get it together. Get it together and get a ghost. We had searched for the ideal place for quite some time with no results. Oh, wait. I already read that. (laughs) You gotta do better. Besides being large in size, the house was also had to be outside the city. Since Hattiesburg zoning laws would not permit the combination of a home and business within the city limits, also, we had to be able to afford such a house if we could find it in the first place. We searched for over a year, almost by chance, if there is such a thing as chance. The Mm -hmm. ideal building came our way, one that was large enough for our needs and just barely outside the city limits. During the time, we were house hunting. Bob had a strange dream. Here's what Bob had to say. What did Bob have to say? I dreamed we bought a house at number two Oak Grove Road. I know where that is. (laughs) He said... And even though the dream was unusual, I didn't think anything about it until I walked in the door of this house. Then it hit me. This is the house! Oh, 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 oh. oh we didn't start the episode. Was... Sorry, sorry. We're gonna... <laughs> <laughs> Although the house didn't we'll have a street number at the time, it was the second house on Oak Grove Road! Exclamation point! Oh That's boopy. <laughs> the house had a 600 square foot main room. And other rooms included a den, three bedrooms, and two baths. All connected by a hall that was L-shaped. Perfect. Good. We pounced That's my on my favorite the... shape. <laughs> awesome. We pounced on the deal within a week. The house was ours. After we signed on the dotted line, Bob went over to check the largest room's measurements before we started pa- repainting. It was night. I was sitting on the floor in this empty old house with my tape measure in hand, and it was like the entire place came alive. It's Monster House. I heard footsteps coming up the hallway, but no one was there. I knew something was there, and I knew it was in the hallway, but I didn't know what it was. My gut reaction was to run, but I had no choice except to stay. Even though I didn't know much about the supernatural, what I did know was that I had every penny I owned and every penny I could borrow in this house. I came to a quick decision. Look, I appealed to whoever or whatever. I just paid every cent I have to buy this place. I don't have any choice. I'm going to be here for a while. Can we just come to some sort of accommodation? I won't bother you if you won't bother me. And that's pretty That's pretty Sounds chill. like you. <laughs> Bob didn't have to tell me that there was something strange about our new home. There was simply no way to hide it. Unexplainable things happened all the time. Lights flashed off and on for no apparent reason. Footsteps echoed up and down the hall. And a sound like rolling barrels often heard coming from the short section of hall. And eeriest of all, the back bedroom was usually cold, even in the summer. Ooh, spooky. Once we accepted the fact that we were living with a ghost, or a ghost, even today we aren't sure exactly how many, we tried to discover the reason. The elderly couple we bought the house from vehemently denied they ever had been aware of anything out of the ordinary. But years later, a granddaughter who had been living with them at the time we bought the house came by to visit us. As far as we know, the granddaughter had no idea we knew the house was haunted. She stood in her old bedroom, the cold room, and said, There was always something about this room that scared me. I never liked to sleep here. We could certainly understand why. But, bit by bit, (laughs) with the help of our (laughs) customers, we began to piece together the history of the old house. As we did, some of the things that had puzzled us were explained. We always thought it was unusual that the house had such a large front room, about twice the size of a normal living room, And it was extremely unusual for a home built in a rural area in the 1920s or 1930s to have two bathrooms. We soon found out why. Even though the building had been used as a home, for decades it 
had originally been built as a roadhouse. The、mm. large front room was used for drinking and dancing, and of course, one of the bathrooms was for men and the other for women. The other rooms were used for various activities, all probably illegal. Finding out <laughs> the house was once a dance hall and a bar explained one of the most puzzling phenomena that regularly occurred in the house the sound of barrels rolling down the hall. Oh, that's creepy.、We、that be- is so creepy. We believe- Fucking Donkey Kong's haunting the house. <laughs> We believe the sound is exactly what it seems barrel, probably kegs of beer. Some of our customers, who were former patrons of the Roadhouse, filled us in on some of the details, including the house's role in upholding the morale for our fighting boys during World War II. According to them, the house、oh, was. Pouring it out for the bullies. <laughs> the house was a hub of illicit activity during the war. Small outbuildings were built around the main house and used by ladies of the evening to ply、oh. their trade to, delight, to the, the delight of the thousands of soldiers stationed at Camp, Shel- at Camp Shelby who made regular visits in their off hours. During later remodeling, we found a piece of evidence that backs up our customers' memories. When the electricians began to drill through the ceiling, In order to run new wiring, we discovered an older ceiling beneath it. Ooh, a ceiling that's creepy. Covered by a dark dance hall wallpaper speckled with gold and silver moons and stars.、That's、Although、cool. Bob and I were uncomfortable with sharing our home and business with something definitely not of this world, we soon realized that whatever was there meant us no harm. Sometimes it could even be an advantage, like the time our air conditioning went out in July. The cold room came in handy. <laughs> hey, there you go. In 1978, we separated our home and business, and the phenomena slowed down but never completely stopped. Bob quit teaching and went into photography full time, and we went about our daily lives of running a business and caring for a growing family. Our ghost was something we didn't mention, neither did even to our families. But as things turned out, we didn't have to. Some of them found, our own, found out our secret on their own. I didn't know when we decided our ghost, or at least our main ghost, was a young woman. We just knew. Through the years, we have become comfortable with her. Lee, our son and older child, has never had any experiences with her other than seeing a small toy fly through the air. Shelly, our daughter, had several experiences with her and is the only one of the four of us who has actually seen her. In fact, Shelly、oh. said, I don't remember not knowing Mary. Yes, Mary. We may know her name. For several months, I had called the ghost Mary in my thoughts. One day, I asked Bob if he had any idea of the ghost name, and he answered, It's funny you should ask. A few weeks ago, the name Mary just popped into my head. That's so creepy!、Oh、That afternoon, when Shelly came in from school, we asked, Shelly, do you know our ghost's name? Without hesitation, she answered, Oh, yes, her name's Mary Ann. Of course, Mary is a very common name, but still. A few years ago, we decided to remodel the studio. From the moment we began making preparations, we noticed an increase in paranormal activity. The rolling barrel noises and walking intensified. Crashing sounds occurred almost every day. And the sound of crashing when the camera equipment is close at hand can be very unnerving. The sounds were so common that we stopped even checking them out. We just looked at each other and said, There they go again. You know how it is. <laughs> yeah, no, we、things. decided that Mary knew a change was coming, and she sure didn't like it. One day, I was sitting on the floor in a back room packing a cardboard box. When it was full, I folded the flaps with one end underneath, another in the usual locking method, so that it was closed completely, pushed it to my left, and began packing another. Suddenly, I heard a swishing sound at my left elbow, 
I glanced over just in time to see the now open flaps to the first box, which I had so carefully folded close, refolding themselves. I stared at the box a minute in disbelief and then softly called. <laughs> Bob, would you come here, please? I was definitely in the mood for a living human companionship, but I think it, what surprised me most was that I wasn't particularly frightened, just startled. A few days later, we saw a small toy sail across the room. The toy, apparently a Star Wars figure, flew from its resting place near a window to a spot close to the door. It's the force. <laughs> <laughs> but after the remodeling was finished, Mary's antics slowed, and we got to the definite feeling she was pleased with the results. Oh, that's nice. One room we didn't touch, however, was Mary's room. We use it for storage. We were convinced that Mary keeps a watchful eye on us. One day, Bob had a headache, and I suggested he go home while I watched the studio. He said, no need for me to go all the way home. There's still a bed in the storage room. I'll go back there and rest for a few minutes. Heck nah. Why would An you hour do that? later, he walked into the main room of the studio where I was and asked, did you check on me while I was resting? No, I said. I never left this room. Bob laughed. I didn't think so, but I know Mary was here. While I was resting, I heard footsteps walk down the hall and heard them walk into the room, then felt someone standing at the foot of the bed. My eyes were closed, and I didn't open them, but I never heard the footsteps leave. I know she was watching me. I could feel her presence. I guess she was just checking on me. Well, he had nice. agreed to coexist. Huh. In 1990, Lee graduated from high school. That summer, he took my place in the business, and I began to write full-time. Now, I seldom work at the studio unless Lee, who also attends college, gets swamped. But Mary is still very much with us. The day we decided to write this book, a book that would tell the stories of people who shared their lives with ghosts, Mary seemed to know. Immediately, the activity around the studio picked up. It was almost as if Mary was saying, Okay, folks, don't forget me. <laughs> <laughs> Although she seldom goes into the front of the studio that is open to the public, the sounds of footsteps increased, barrels rolled down the hall, and lights flashed. New phenomena occurred. For the first time, we began to hear voices and music. The first few times, we thought one of us had left a radio on in the next room. But of course, we hadn't. There were other new stunts. The sound of bouncing ball and the thud of a huge roll of background paper falling to the floor were added to the repertoire of ghosts. We have begun to talk more openly about our ghosts and have learned that Bob's mother saw Mary several years ago and had neglected to mention it. <laughs> About three years before, I had told her about the ghost, and she had admitted hearing someone in high-heeled shoes pace outside her bedroom one night when we were living there. Guess which room she was sleeping in. Dun, Only dun, dun. after we began working on this book, and Bob's brother Walter told us his mother had actually seen the ghost, did she tell us what really happened that night. The footsteps had awakened her, and she had slipped out of bed and peeped around the door. She saw the ghost of a woman turning the corner of the hall, a slender young woman with long brown hair, in a long dress. Her description matched the one Shelley had given us years before, but at the time Shelley was so young we thought it may have been her imagination. We continued to work alongside Mary, and frankly, we'd miss her if she decided to leave. Do we know who Mary was and why she lives with us? No, and maybe we never will. We speculate that she was one of the young women who worked at the roadhouse. Perhaps she died in the back room, but it really doesn't matter. She's welcome to stay with us for as long as she wants. I think she knows that. Well, that was kind of that sweet, was a nice I guess. story. That was a nice I thought scene. it was gonna be like a hostile one with all the barrels and stuff, but it actually no, it was like pretty nice. It was chill. That's kind of like the dream, you know? We you have a with ghost. The, just like, like just even a ghost, just like chilling out. Well, your ghost wasn't like 
bad. No, I just got traumatized. It was just creepy. <laughs> just horrifying. Yeah, it was just horrifying, you know. Imagine just growing up with a ghost casually. That'd be weird. Because then somebody would be like, that's your imaginary friend. And you're like, no, I literally no, it's saw not. her walk down the hall. No, she's a ghost. My parents my parents are in on it, too. Yeah. <laughs> Which one are you going to read? Did you read um, this one? No, you can read that one. I'm okay. reading the last one. Okay. So, this one I'm about to read is The House Party at Twelve Oaks. We love a good house party. We do love a good house party. party. That was good. <laughs> oh, that's big. I almost sneezed. Wait. Bless you. I didn't sneeze, though. God bless you. God bless. <coughs> bless you. Bless you. Oh, I missed that. I lost my place. <laughs> <laughs> I just had his knees real fast. You sneezed so hard you lost She's... your place. I lost my place in this universe. Anyway, Joe and Kay Adams of Jackson never believed in ghosts until they moved to 12 Oaks. They're, I don't know what the hell to say this word. Gautier? 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 I... Vacation. Gautier? <laughs> The love of the old home, built around 1869 on the site of an antebellum hotel, appears peaceful and tranquil, with its broad porches caressed by gentle gulf breezes. Hardly the setting for a menagerie of ghosts. But one night, soon after Hurricane Elena... It's Gaucher. Gaucher? On the coast. Oh. Gaucher? That's a place, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what... I've never heard of Gaucher. It's a place on the coast. Okay. The more you know. Gaucher. Any of my followers in Gaucher. Sorry about oh, that. Oh, sorry about that. Sorry. Elena. Okay. But one night soon after Hurricane Elena. Elena? Yeah. I don't know why I can't say. Just. Okay, never mind. I'm, sorry, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. Elena. The Adams says Elena. I'm sorry. Okay. The Adamses <laughs> realized that they had permanent guests. We were down checking on the new roof that was being put on. The children were with us. Mrs. Adams remembered. Joe and I slept in the front bedroom by the end of the stairs and the children sleep upstairs. About 2 o'clock a.m., our dog started to growl. We awoke and looked toward the stairs to see which child was coming down. We forgot the children weren't with us. I saw a man going up the steps. The first thing I thought was that we had a burglar. It never occurred to Mrs. Adams that the intruder was anything other than the flesh and blood variety. We reached for the telephone beside the bed and called... I don't know. (laughs) I don't like how they... I don't like how she worded that. Mm -mm, Flesh and blood variety. Mm -hmm. Ew. We reached for the telephone beside the bed and called the sheriff. They were there in two minutes. They searched the house, but of course they found nothing. I felt like an idiot, but they were really nice. We had a cup of coffee, and then they checked the house one more time. Attics, everything. We went back to bed, but about an hour and a half later, we heard a voice out in the hallway saying, That's what it said. That's what it said. That's what it said. Joe sat... Joe sat straight up in bed, and we just looked at each other. Neither of us could bring ourselves to get up and go look. Mrs. Adams mentioned her experience with the male ghost to their caretaker and asked if he had ever seen anything unusual around the house. He looked at her in amazement and replied, This is for real, isn't it, Mrs. Adams? When she answered yes... Is this for real? I mean, it is. Is this allowed? Is this allowed? Is this allowed? (laughs) When she answered yes, the Adamses found they had yet another ghost in residence. How many ghosts? How many ghosts? How many ghosties? Too many ghosts. <laughs> Six. <laughs> I've been scared to tell you this, the caretaker confessed, but there's this little old lady who watches me out of the den window. Oh my god. Sometimes she's standing and sometimes she's rocking. I see her all the time. I can be working in the yard and see her and then turn or look down and when I look back up, she'll be gone. Creepy. But I see her all the time. He described the woman in detail, down to her stooped shoulders and white curls. 
Later, the Adamses discover this description matched that of the mother of the man they brought the house from. That lady's probably racist. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Most likely. <laughs> In her later years, she loved to sit at the window and watch the activities surrounding the house. A couple of years later, the Adamses became aware of still another ghost, that of a young girl. When our daughter, Lindsay, had nightmares, she would come and get in, get in the bed with us, Mrs. Adams explained. One night when, Lin, when Lyndon was about ten, we thought we heard her coming down the steps. We looked up and saw a figure coming down the stairs with long blonde hair and wearing a long white nightgown, just like Lyndon. There is a point at the bottom of the steps when you lose sight because of the way the door of the bedroom is positioned, and we kept waiting for Lyndon to come into Ooh, the room. I don't room. like that. <laughs> she never did, so finally... Joe got up to look for her and found her in her bed fast asleep. Uh-oh, spaghetti oh. The Adamses have seen the little girl several times, and house guests have heard her talking as if she is talking to a pet or a doll, but only the Adamses have actually seen her. The Adamses have tried to identify the spirits that shared their home. Other than the old woman, they have been able to positively identify only one of their permanent guests, the spirit of a teenage girl. The Adamses have not been... A- have not been privileged to see her, but a house guest spent a rather uneasy night due to her presence. A male visitor was spending the night in the Addison's front bedroom. He was just like, no. He's like, ah. he's like, I don't want a teenage girl in my bed. That's I don't weird. really want that. He awoke in the middle of the night to see a girl looking down at him. He described her in detail, very dark hair and a 1920s bob style with bangs, a part in the middle and curls around the ears. So she's a flapper girl. He closed his eyes and then opened them. <laughs> the girl was still there. Mrs. Adams laughed. He couldn't move, but he didn't know if he actually was not able to move or if he was just so scared he couldn't move. He said the only thing he could do at that point was to hope for the best and go back to sleep. I mean, like, oh, that's well, a hard, I guess. That's a hard saying. I did that. <laughs> yeah, you said, ignore, ignore. The next time he opened his eyes, she was gone. His description of the, of the girl was so detailed that a neighbor recognized it as her sister. She produced a photograph of, his, of her sister. He identified the girl as his unearthly visitor. According to her sister, the woman had, li- had lived to a ripe old age. Why would her ghost appear as a young woman? Mrs. Adams may have the answer. She was supposed to have been the happiest when she was at Twelve Oaks. Maybe ghosts come to places where they were happy. Oh, that's nice. That's, that's like nice. That. She was happiest there in her, like, teen years. Teen years. That's so she nice. was just like, I'm just gonna chill out here. Aww. That's good. I'm just better about ghosts. Okay. Perhaps the spirits of the man and small girl remain from the Antebellum Hotel, but Mrs. Adams has wondered if the man is Henry... G- Again, this word. Gautier? G- G- Gauthier? Gauthier. <laughs> Keep going. You got it. We got Don't it. Don't laugh at me. It's French. It's, 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 okay. Okay. it's a different language. It's okay. I don't even know my first language. <laughs> <laughs> Henry Gauthier was no... Okay. The ghost was... Okay. I'm in some place. Okay. The Mrs. Adams has wondered if the man is Henry Gauthier, the builder of the house. Am I right? What? It's Gaucher. Gaucher. Can y'all cut this out, please? No. Sorry. I'm going to make fun of you so hard when you read your shit. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm summarizing. Gaucher. You got it. Gaucher. The more you know. It's Gaucher, everyone. Watch, we're we're just saying it wrong the whole time. (laughs) Somebody comes here with a hate comment. It's it's wrong. It's pronounced this. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, Okay. Mrs. Adams has wondered if the man is Henry Gaucher, the builder of the house. It's just speculation, but he would have had a strong attachment for the home. The ghost was about the right size to have been Gaucher and was wearing a white shirt and light trousers. Henry Gaucher was known for wearing white suits. Imagine that that was what you were known for. Adding to the evidence the ghost could (laughs) be Gaucher. He's Colonel Sanders. (laughs) 
<laughs> Adding to the evidence the ghost could be ghost here is the fact that he had a bunch of fried chicken. <laughs> okay, was was the fact that he has been seen upstairs carrying a lantern and disappearing through a closet door, which leads to a secret room. Ooh, I love secret rooms. I wish I had a, a secret, good room. secret room. Who better than the builder of a home to know all of its secrets, regardless of the, of the visitors' identities? The Adamses are used to sharing their home with their unseen guests. The ghosts don't disturb anything, Kay Adams Muse. They seem perfectly content with what they do, which is just to wander around. And why not? The Adamses have carefully restored and meticulously maintained the home the former inhabitants the former inhabitants must have loved. Huh. What do you know? That one was good too. It was very like sweet. Let's go let's go stay there. Yeah. It's I like don't a, know about that. Yeah, we can do that. that we'll I like we'll these, record I like an these, episode. I like these ghost stories. They're just kind of chill. They're like, they're like, yeah, ghosts are ghosts are out there, but they're like, cool. They're just people. But dead. But dead. Yeah. But dead ones. They're not of the flesh and blood variety. I mean, they're no. still the ones that like are like, they're just raging the whole time and are angry about everything. We love but, a good raging ghost. But well, I like the, I like the These ghosts. are sweet ghosts so far, so. So far. We'll see. I'm not going to read this whole thing because I hate reading out loud. What? I also hate reading out loud, but I did it. <laughs> you have to do it. Why? What do you mean, why? Is Yours this? is short. Mm-mm. You have to. Sorry. Outvoted. Fine. Outvoted. This is about the Chapel of the Cross. <gasps> I know where that is. Which is in Spoopy. Madison County. It's in Madison County. I know where Madison County is. I, I do, do too. too. What a coinkadink. <laughs> Very chill. Okay, okay. Many Mississippians consider the story of Helen Johnstone, who will be forever known as the Bride of Annandale, to be the most romantic ghost of a story. To be the bride. (laughs) I don't want to be known as a bride. That would be awkward. Yeah, that means you didn't get married. (laughs) Well, I'll get to that. Oh, sorry. The story of Helen's misfortune and love is entwined with the history of Annandale and the Chapel of the Cross. Annandale was a huge Madison County mansion planned in the 1840s by John Johnstone. V racist. Yeah. (laughs) After the style of Scottish castles owned by his ancestors. Johnstone died before the mansion was built. Good. But his wife, Margaret, fulfilled his dream. Probably also. also (laughs) Well, all these people from this time, yeah. (laughs) They're racist. She also donated 10 acres to the Episcopal Diocese and built an exquisite chapel in his memory. The Chapel of the Cross. Helen Johnstone, the daughter of John and Margaret Johnstone, was the young lady of exceptional beauty and charm. During Christmas of 1855, she met the only man she would ever love. Handsome and dashing Henry Gray Vick. What year was this? 1855. Oh. Mm. See? Mm. Told y'all. Mm. Vick came from a prominent Vicksburg family. Vick, Vicksburg. <laughs> I wonder if they named him after being Vicksburg. Maybe. Maybe and that's fact, what last name. The town was named for his father. Oh, oh, oh my god, we did it. What we do figured you know? it out. Helen captured Vick's heart. The key to the asked, south. Yeah. There you go, guys. What do you know? And he asked for her hand in marriage. How sweet. How Since sweet. Helen was only 16. Oh, it's oh, not as sweet anymore. That's the catch. Miss Johnstone insisted on a long courtship. Okay. I mean, so, I, okay. I guess that's, that's a good job, than, mom. I guess. That's better than the, the alternative. <laughs> yeah. It was 1850s. Everyone lived to like their 40s. Pretty much. The couple agreed. Sucked. <laughs> and a long, happy romance followed during the 
which they discussed their fondest hopes and greatest fears. Oh, at least they loved each other. Yeah, yeah that's nice. They loved each other. A bunch of racists. However, <laughs> Helen was deeply religious and had strong <laughs> feelings about senselessness of duels. We love a good duel. Oh, mm, I love let me guess. I, oh, I yes, sense foreshadowing. Duels, although illegal in most places, were still popular in settling differences between gentlemen. Helen believed gentlemen. duels were nothing short of murder, and she extracted I mean, big yeah. sworn promise he would never kill a man in a duel. Helen and Henry Vick announced their wedding date. They were to be married May 21st, 1859, at the Chapel of the Cross. Whoa, my birthday's May 26th. Wow, it's almost like my it's supposed to come. Don't be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> the entire county was caught up in a frenzy of anticipation and preparation. Helen was loved by the entire community, and her wedding was an event to be celebrated. Boop, boop. A few days before the ceremony, Vic made a business trip to New Orleans. While he was there, he became involved in an argument and was challenged to a duel. In antebellum society, a gentleman could not refuse and remain a gentleman. On May 16th, what 1859. What even talking about back then? I don't even know, man. What, the, what are you supposed to do then? I guess just... Duel? Duel. You get challenged to a duel. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like, I dare you to, I dare you to go do this thing. I triple dog dare you. And you can't refuse or else you won't be a gentleman anymore. Pretty much. Okay, so, on May 16th, 1859, the day before the duel, Henry Vick wrote his will, leaving a por- good portion of his estate to his fiancée, Helen Johnstone. Then Vic and his opponent traveled by boat to Mobile, where the duel would take place. Why did they travel? Why, they, why couldn't why? they travel? That's they so do far it? away. Why would you go from they went New Orleans? New Orleans to there? Why did you cross just states? Skip, yeah, they just skipped Mississippi. I guess he just didn't want to be in Mississippi because of his wife, maybe? Yeah, he had to avoid his wife. Okay, whatever. That's weird. I don't know how duels do. I don't either, man. Maybe they were legal in, in Mobile. Yeah, maybe they were illegal here, so... Maybe... Well, why would they not be legal in New Orleans, of all places? They probably weren't legal in New Orleans. I know, why wouldn't they be? I feel like that would be a place that they would... I don't know. I don't know. Anyway... Mobile's got it going on. I guess Mobile is legal for duels. A duel. A duel. Duel. Exactly. Although Vic was obligated to defend his honor, he could not forget his vow to Helen. When the duel began... Henry Greyvick raised his gun and fired into the air, thus fulfilling his promise never to kill a man in duel. His opponent, however, took careful, deadly aim and shot Vic through the heart. Oh, oh man. Vic just like, he was just like, I'm not going to break my he lady's break heart. He shot into the, oh God. Just like Hamilton did. You know, he could have just shot something. him in the leg. And that's true. Yeah, he could have shot him in the leg, but like... But Vic, he kept to his promise. He could have also, like, shot him in the foot. I mean, he could have died still, because, you know, medicine was real bad. Yeah, but then that's but just collateral damage. But he had to be a good damage. shot. Either way, if he shoots, he was probably going to get shot, so... He was probably going to miss. Probably. Vic might not have been a good shot, so... Anyway. Maybe he meant to shoot him, but just... <laughs> maybe he was like... <laughs> it was real bad. <laughs> it was a hair trigger. <laughs> okay, continue. That would have been bad. At Helen's request, Vic's body was brought to Madison County. Oh. He was buried during the bizarre midnight funeral in the cemetery behind the chapel of the Why cross. a midnight funeral? It's like dark, dark. Yeah, I know. And this is 1800s. It's 1850. Like, it's dark, electricity. dark. Yeah, I know. Ooh, some accounts even say Helen oh, wore her wedding gown to the funeral. <gasps> oh, oh, no, that's pretty tragic. She, she must have snapped. She snapped? She snapped. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Because the love of her life 
died and the one thing she was just like wanted him not to do. E. Well, I mean, at least he died a gentleman, I guess. Or he something. died yeah. a gentleman. He never lost his title. As a gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> he gentleman just, and he, a scholar. He just did. He's a dead gentleman now. At least he's still a gentleman. That's true. Helen vowed never to love another man. But after years of traveling in Europe, she returned to Madison County and married Dr. George Harris, the young rector of the Chapel of the Cross. It was an unusual marriage, and Helen told her future husband she would marry him, but she would never love him. Ooh. Boy, howdy. And the, she and could the guy never was like, love anyone but Henry Gray Vick. Oh, that's sad. That is sad. Romance, man. Mm. Romance between races. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Helen lived to be an old mo- woman, but her... Money. Shut up. <laughs> but her thoughts always revolved around her lost love. <clears throat> On her deathbed in 1916, she ga- she gasped, He's coming back. He's coming back for me. And died oh. with a smile on her face. Oh, oh, no, that's pretty sweet, actually. That makes my heart hurt. Do you think he came back to help her, like, cross over? I don't know. We'll see. Well, I guess she didn't cross over. I guess no, she's haunting us now. Maybe they're haunting together. Oh, they're... Oh. How romantic. Alright, wait. Are they? <laughs> I don't know. We're getting relationship there. Relationship goals. <laughs> relationship goals when you and your husband can haunt the same cemetery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Helen Johnstone Harris is buried in Rolling Fork behind, beside her husband. Okay, they're buried together at least. But generations of but Mississippians wait, believe but, that Helen haunts the Chapel of the Cross. I was going to be like, Still Rolling, mourning her lost love. Rolling Fork is like up north. Hmm. Interesting. It's in the Delta. Oh, and they got buried together? Yeah, they got buried together, but oh. she's still haunting. So, like, her soul still wasn't at rest. Why? They're together now. I don't know. We're still reading. Let's find out. Oh, give us the deets. Even though almost 150 years have passed since the Chapel of the Cross was built, it still stands in a quiet rural setting. Its serene atmosphere seems to make it unlikely to host a variety of psychic phenomenons that have been recorded for many years. More than one ghost inhabits the ch- ooh, more than one inhabits the chapter shame. and its grounds. But the most common sighting is that of Helen, the bride of Annandale. Several ghosts are said to inhabit the chapel itself. A ghostly male figure looming over the pulpit has been seen by several people late at night. Filming figures have been seen operating the heavy wooden doors and passing through locked iron gates. And unearthing faces have been seen peering from the chapter chapel's uh, windows. Oh, that's terrifying. That's, that's very that's creepy. terrifying. Can you imagine? Ew. No. Somebody just scares at you, and they're opening and closing these things. That's Ugh. weird. Ooh, but the most persistent phenomenon is organ music, which floats from the locked church late at night. No. Nope, nope. Generations nope. of teenagers have passed... The church at midnight, hoping to hear the ghost oh, music. Guys, we can we can we do? So we're going at we midnight, go right? Can we go there? We, yes, let's go, let's go, let's go. Okay, sounds good. I want to believe, guys. I've never had a ghostly experience. Okay, okay, let's keep going. That's our mission. Is to that, is that gonna be our ghost podcast? You want to do that? Yeah. All right, cool. Leave in the comments below if that's what you guys think. All right, cool. we're gonna do it anyway. So <laughs> we're gonna do whether you say. like it or not. We're doing Did it. You keep hitting your head. I just set my head down, and it's very loud. <laughs> sounds like you're banging your head on the wood. <laughs> It's just gentle. Okay, we're almost done. Sorry. I'm sorry, we got distracted by mine. Several okay. years ago, Steve Coulson's friend was the... Who's Steve Coulson's? I don't know who Steve Coulson is. I don't know who that is, but okay. One oh, of his you know friends Steve was the, <laughs> If you know him, his friend of the church, who was the custodian, hmm? 
apparently knew something. He said vandals were a problem at the time, and Mr. Colston would help his friend keep an eye on the church at night. We would be sitting there, and all of a sudden, the gate would start squeaking for no reason, Mr. Colston remembered. There wasn't any wind or anything. The custodian said it happened all the time. He had also seen a white image move about the graveyard and then sit on a bench close to Henry Vick's grave. Ew. That's Wait, but that's not his grave. Why then what is But he said that he was buried there. They were buried the in Rolling Fork. Was he moved? No, I don't think she was buried with her husband. She never married that guy. Oh yeah. She's married with the other guy. No, I thought she was married with Henry Vick. It said she was married with her husband, right? Yeah, oh, she was married with her husband and not him. She, she left back. him there. That's why she's haunting it. Oh, that oh, makes she needs, sense. She needs to get back there. So, someone's got to move, someone's gotta move, move, move them her bones. body. Come move them bones. I don't know why they... Why wouldn't they bury her I don't understand. love of her life? I don't know, man. I want answers. <laughs> okay. The ghost of Helen has been seen by dozens, perhaps hundreds of visitors to the chapel. One visitor was Brenda Trailer. That's her name. That's a name. It's spelled T-R-A-L-O-R. Trailer. Trailer. Okay. Okay. Yes. Who came by the chapter one night with her friends. She had heard the ghost stories, but I didn't believe a word of it, she said. Guys. She later changed her mind. It was about midnight, she remembered. And I was walking behind the chapel and to the right of the graveyard. I wasn't scared because I didn't believe in ghosts. It was a beautiful moonlit night, and I'd wandered away from my friends. Suddenly a movement caught my eye, and I looked to my left. A white... Uh, filmsy? That's interesting. Flimsy? No, it says filmsy. Oh, filmsy? Filmsy. Like, trans- like, yeah, that's just a weird way. Like word. a film. Okay. Sure. Okay. Not? Was drifting over the graveyard. It was transparent, but it was shaped like a woman, and it was coming in my direction. Oh, boyzy. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's I so just scary. ran, she said. Yeah, I what took else off do you through do? the woods on my right and came out about half a mile down the road. Oh, whoa. She, she zoomed. Like, She's zooming, man. You don't just casually run. <laughs> She's she eating out of there. I was covered with branch scratches. I'll never go back to that place at night. Miss Trailer was convinced she had seen the bride of Annandale. I can't think of another explanation, she says. During daylight hours, the chapper's chapper, chapel the chapper. <laughs> serves as a peaceful retreat. At night, however, is quite another story. As residents don't care for visitors. The cautious respect of their wishes. Ooh. That's good. That's so we good. have to go We're there. going. So we have to go there. Wait, but is there security? I don't I, mean, I don't know. Maybe like, they'd have probably. like a security girl walking around, but I think he knows about the ghost story, so he would be like, 